Hi, this is Millie, and you're listening to the Escaping Narcissistic Parents podcast, where you'll find the validation and love you've been looking for. Welcome to my new listeners, and thanks to my loyal friends. Please follow me on Instagram at Escaping Narcissistic Mothers, all one word, and I will put all this in the show notes. Hey guys, I hope you're having a good day and you're having a good week. And today is a special day for me because I have made a podcast about this person, Lucy. She was the most important person in my life from when I was a baby to when I was 12 years old and I had to move away. Um, I have a whole podcast about her, so if you're interested, just look back. Um, we all needed, especially as children, we needed somebody. And Lucy was home, love, experiences for me. Um... I didn't have enough time with her. She passed away June 9th, 1989, so 33 years ago. Um, I have one picture of her, and I have it up with a lit candle. And I hope that she can hear me. Um, Currently, the only people alive that remember her and know her or me, and she's got a niece and a nephew, but I didn't get the impression that they really thought about her much. So it's, it's me. I'm keeping her memory alive, and I hope that she doesn't die when I die, because she will always be in my heart. She will always be. My real grandmother, right? Okay, well, enough of that. Um, <clears throat> so I asked for suggestions for my podcast, and I think I worded my first post um, so that it sounded like I was asking for suggestions of podcasts to listen to. But what I meant is topics, because I have, you know, I actually said in the past couple of podcasts that I had podcasters block, um, because I have made hundreds of podcasts at this point, and it's difficult to keep creating, right, new things. But, and, and a couple, I always get this, people who haven't been listening, or, um, Whatever the case may be, they they suggest I do a podcast about something I did recently um, or one I've done many times. Like, I have several no-contact podcasts. Um, and it's time to do another one, I think. I think that, that no-contact is an important uh, podcast. But... This was another suggestion, and I've made podcasts about this before, 
But I think that it's important to repeat because I think a lot of people don't really understand narcissism or a narcissist. So let me start off by saying I did talk about misinformation in social media and to be careful what you take in. And I put suggestions. So if you want to see, go back a couple of podcasts. It's called misinformation in social media. And in the notes, I have several YouTubers and books for information. And these are the people I get my information from. So what you're hearing from me is not just something I may just have thought up or it's all experience. It's based on psychology. It's based on real people who are psychologists who are telling the truth, right? Or at least that's how I see it. They're the most truthful. Um, because there's so much misinformation being spewed. And this podcast is going to be about trying to take the, that myth out of narcissism, okay? Um, which is, like I said, it's very related to that social media. As a matter of fact, I saw another TikTok. I try to stay away from it, but they pop up on my Facebook and for reasons I can't really say, I have to check my Facebook. So I have to check the Facebook. I see these TikToks. I click on it out of curiosity. And then I hear something and I want to pull my hair out and scream. But usually in the comments, there are comments that make me think, okay, there's enough people out there that know the truth. Or that understand that that's mistaken. Okay. And again, I don't really remember what it was, but it was something to the effect of narcissists don't know better. Um, that's just who they are. Um, you know, kind of excusing bad behavior. In the in the same TikTok, she said that's just who they are, but they know right from wrong. So when they do something wrong, they know what they're doing. That is correct. They know what they're doing. And that's what this podcast is about. <laughs> okay. So, oops. That was my computer. Maybe I should just shut it so you don't hear it. <laughs> I was working on something. Okay. So, um, and I don't erase mistakes because life is imperfect. And I'm not putting out a podcast that's meant to be perfect. I'm, I'm putting out a podcast that's meant to be a friend talking to a friend. And that happens, right? The phone rings, computers go off, life happens. So I leave those things in there on purpose. It's not that I can't fix it. I just, I don't want to. I want you guys to feel like you're listening to a normal person because that's who I am. I am a normal person. Okay. <laughs> so... The idea that narcissism is a mental illness, okay, is very dangerous. People, and I've seen this and I've had arguments, okay, it's the only argument that I will get into 
on social media is when I hear narcissists are people with a mental illness and that we should have compassion. Hell to the no. That is so wrong. It is not a mental illness. It is a personality disorder. What is the difference? An illness is something that you can't, it's a disease, right? It's something you can't fix, really. It's something that happens to you, it's out of your control, okay? So, what are illnesses? Autoimmune disorders. And it's called a disorder, but they're really illnesses because we have no control over them. Most of the time, they, they, they're very hard to diagnose and they're with you forever. So autoimmune disorders should be called autoimmune illness, which sometimes they are. Cancer is an illness, a disease. Anxiety and depression and bipolar disorder, those are mental illnesses, okay? Now, that's not to say there's anything wrong. I'm not putting a stigma on it. I'm saying they're just, they're mental illnesses. I suffer from severe anxiety and panic disorder. Disorder Again, it's a mental illness, right? Caused by, you know, sustained abuse my entire life. But they're illnesses. Narcissism, narcissistic personality disorder is not an illness. It is not something that the person cannot help. It is not something that the person doesn't know that is happening to them. It is not something that they couldn't have changed if they wanted to. I'm not saying that they are making a choice every day of their life to be a narcissist per se. And I know that's kind of contradicting. But they are very well aware of right and wrong. These people are not crazy. (laughs) That's another word that I don't like because in psychology, there's no such thing as crazy. It's you have a mental illness or you have a disorder or you have whatever you have, but that doesn't make you crazy. Crazy is just a way that is a very old fashioned way of calling, talking about people who had schizophrenia, who had more severe mental illnesses. Um, And I don't like using that word, but narcissists are very much called crazy. Um, What a narcissist is closest to is sociopath and psychopath. That's what they're closest to. Um, Have you guys ever seen um, those TV shows, documentaries, where they interview a psychopath in prison, right? Someone who killed a whole bunch of people, you know, in their families or whatever. And they talk about how they feel, how they think. And you sit there and go, oh my God. Like, they're very aware of what they've done. They're they're very aware of right and wrong. What they lack is guilt. What they lack is empathy. Okay, that's dangerous. Because you have a person that knows in their brain, this is wrong. 
killing someone is something that is wrong. But they don't feel any guilt about it or empathy. And sometimes they, they their problem is boredom. They talk about it. They say, I was bored. <laughs> so I decided to murder my grandmother. I mean, that's insane. But that's what it is. They do it because they don't feel love. They don't feel these feelings that most humans have. And I'm sure that there are studies where they've looked at their brains and they, they see that part of the brain that is supposed to light up with empathy and with love. And when you see something that's very sweet, you know, that part doesn't just doesn't work in their brain. And that that's dangerous. Narcissists lack empathy. Okay? They lack guilt. How do I know that? Because... How many times did I hear my own mother say, I don't carry around guilt that doesn't belong to me. She never carried around any guilt because she felt like nothing she ever did was wrong. So there was no guilt there at all. (laughs) So they know what they're doing. Okay, that's all I'm going to tell you. That's not all I'm going to tell you. That's what I'm going to say right now. Right? I just said it. Um, Narcissists know what they're doing. Okay, they lack empathy. And these are all things that, like I've said in in other podcasts, they're not 100% sure how much is genetics, how much is abuse in their childhood, how much was, you know, um, coping mechanisms. That's all may all be true. But that would mean if that were the case, it's almost like if you believe in evolution, right? There are no dinosaurs left, right? They say they were all killed off. But let's say there was, you know, um, an ancient species of something that evolved into something else. That old species is gone completely, right? So if it were true that all narcissists are abused, then how come all of us aren't narcissists too? That it doesn't make sense. And I, I don't know if you got what I was trying to say there. All of us would be narcissists. And our kids would also be narcissists. And their kids would be narcissists. And eventually there would be no one but narcissists. But that's not the case. Not all of us. Or not, none of us. If you're listening to me, you're not a narcissist. We didn't become narcissists. Why? That's the question. It's a choice. I'm not saying it's a choice that was made like when you're trying to decide, I think of Gilmore Girls so much, between going to Yale and Harvard and you make a list of pros and cons and you go, well, these are the pros of being a narcissist and these are the cons of being a narcissist and these are the pros of being empathic and being a good person and these are the cons. I think it was more like a choice in saying... I'm not going to let anyone else hurt me and they become the person who hurt them. It's more of what I think. Again, I'm I'm being clear here. This is what I think. Right? That that's where the choice comes in when they're teenagers and they're like, I'm not going to let anyone do this to me, right? And of course there's that other theory now that narcissists have were made because 
their parents were too, you know, oh, they couldn't do anything wrong. They were perfect. They support them even in their bad choices. Never cleared things up with them and said, hey, maybe that wasn't the best decision. So they become narcissists because they truly believe everything they did was right. So they continue to believe that. And I do believe in that because my cousin is one of those narcissists. And um, so I believe that they can be made in different ways. But yes, it is true. A lot of narcissists are made because they were hurt themselves. But they chose a path of, I'm never going to be hurt again. I'm just going to hurt other people. That's what happened. That's what I believe, right? Now, what I do know is that they are aware or they wouldn't function in society between right and wrong, okay? They are aware. So the things that they do that are completely wrong, that you have had fights with your parents about, that you have said what you did is wrong, how could you think that way, and they ignored you, they know that it's wrong. That's why they ignore you, because they know it's wrong. That's why... Giving a narcissist any type of emotional response to anything they say or do is fruitless for you and gives them narcissistic supply. Because they want to know that they got to you. Because that's their whole thing. They want to make other people upset. They want to hurt people. Okay? And that's how they do it. And they don't know how to love. That is something that I think a lot of people have a hard time understanding too. When I see the comments about, I don't understand how my mother could dot, 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 whatever your mother did. It's because you're thinking with your brain from your point of view, how you would do things. But that is not who your mother was or is, right? That's not who she is. She doesn't think like you. She doesn't have a heart like you. She doesn't have empathy. She doesn't, she, she can't imagine. And, and you know what? It's too bad that they can't feel love. Okay. I heard, and this floored me from Chris Godinez, one of the YouTubers that I um, advise to, to watch. I heard her say that narcissists have children because it guarantees them 18 years of narcissistic supply. And that is one of the hardest things that I have ever had to hear and then process and then accept. That my mother had me. There's more than one reason. But partially it was because she needed narcissistic supply. As far as I know, I'm her only child. As far as I know. (laughs) I have to preface everything with this is what I know. I don't know the whole truth and I realize I don't know it. Um... And that's fine. I'm not. I'm okay with not knowing everything. But, you know, I don't know if I'm her only child or not. But the fact of the matter is, if she has another kid, she wasn't involved in their life. So she needed another one to give her narcissistic supply. And that was me. 
and also to trap my father. That was me. Um, I can say things like that in that manner now. That was not something I could say five years ago in that manner. I would have broken down into in, into tears. Um, so is what they do on purpose? How could that be? All right. If you're not an only child, I'm just going to give an example. If you're not an only child, if there's more than one of you, and she ever pitted you against your siblings by saying something negative, for example, she talks to you and says something negative about your sibling. She starts a spark. She talks to the sibling and says something negative about you. She lit lit the fire. You two start fighting. She sits back and watches what she did with gusto, satisfaction, big meal. Okay? She rubs her stomach, literally and figuratively, in satisfaction and fullness of what she has done, what she has accomplished. Okay? He's my kitty cat again. I have a very vocal kitty cat, and that's my husband's fault. Um, He wasn't... We got her a year ago. We got her in June of last year. And um, I wanted this cat. It was one of those situations where God... (laughs) I don't know. Whatever you believe. I believe... You know, God put her in my email box through the Nextdoor app. I I got emails all the time I ignored. I opened this one. There's this cat in there. And I, and I had to. I contacted the guy. I got the cat. Okay, long story short. My husband has fallen in love with this cat that basically when he's home, she is no longer walking on the ground because he's holding her, picking her up, swinging her around, not in a bad way, but literally swinging her around. She's used to it. She likes it. Um, so she's used to walking into a room and announcing herself and saying, I'm here, pay attention to me. So that's why you guys hear her. <laughs> she does that. Uh, yes, this is a cat. Um, okay, so. Um, so I was talking about uh, the, when a narcissistic parent, especially mothers, pit the, their own kids against each other to fight, okay? That is planned. That is not something that they do on the fly. That is something that they think of doing because they have to plan what they're going to say, how they're going to say it, when they're going to talk to the kids so that they fight with each other, okay? What they do is on purpose, Okay? My mother did so many despicable things to me. I didn't have siblings. I mean, I do, but didn't. Um, That she could do this with. So she used to do it with my friends. Although she couldn't talk negatively about my friend, to my friend about me. But she would just implant things in my head about friends and get me to either not talk to them or whatever it was when I was 14 years old. When a child is 14, you have to let them 
figure things out on their own. This is a time when they learn how to solve social issues, right? With friendships. And if you don't allow that, you are taking away a huge part of their development. And that's what my mother did to me. I had a group of friends. There were eight of us that were that we saw each other pretty much every day from the neighborhood. And my mother pitted me against... Actually, I just realized something, and I'll tell you what that is. But she would pit me against one of the girls in the group, right? Or another girl in the group. You know, she would say something negative, and then... Being 14, it's so easy to get to say, well, so-and-so this and that, and then all of us wouldn't talk to the one girl. Um, Just now, I realized something. I love when I do a podcast, and I have an epiphany, (laughs) because it's helpful for me too, but some of you may, may have had a similar situation. So, um, I was 14 years old. And there were times, I I remember, you know, very, it was a one-year span that this group lasted. And it was, I say many times, one of the best times of my life was this one year when I was 14. Um, No boyfriend, and it was a group, and we would hang out. And, you know, it was the, I like this boy today, and then tomorrow I like another boy. And that, you know, it was so much fun in hindsight, you know. And we would go to the movies together. We would get pizza together. We would walk around the neighborhood. We we would, the summer was so much fun. And oh, it was just wonderful, wonderful time in my life, you know, regardless of my mother. You know, I when I was with my friends, she didn't exist. But I realized that the group broke up. This is how it, it I mean, throughout that year, at, at some point, we were all mad at one girl. Right, so there were four of us. So first it was one, then it was the next one, then it was the next one. When the girl stopped talking to me, the group broke up. Okay, I'm not trying to be conceited, but that is what happened. Right, my mother on my birthday, on my 15th birthday, manipulated it so they got mad at me. And when that happened, the group broke up. I guess it just, it was just time. I think it was just time and it and it just happened. So my, my group broke up because of my mother's manipulation. And I know who was involved and I know that she, I don't know all the details because I'm telling you, this is an epiphany, right? So some of you may have that situation have uh, in your memory of having a group of friends that your mother might have caused issues with the group because she didn't want you to be happy with that without her. You know, how dare you um, be happy without her? But yeah, they do things on purpose. I'm trying to point these things out. I'm trying to stay away from the... Um, clinical stuff, you know, that they they are manipulative. We know they're manipulative, right? We know that. We know they manipulate everyone to their, for whatever cause they want at the time, or just to be horrible. They're going to manipulate a situation. We know that. 
right? I'm telling you how she was manipulative. And she did it over and over during my lifetime. And and I'm telling you, sometimes I talk and I'm like, holy crap, I just realized why this happened. Right? I had a, a friend who actually was my matron of honor at my first wedding. I'm rolling my eyes. I know you guys can't see. I mean, yeah, I, I swear you heard me rolling my eyes at my first wedding. And um, a few months later, she, my friend stopped talking to me and I had no idea what happened. And that stuck with me for years to this day. I actually emailed her a few months ago or a year ago. And... Um, found out cuz i i i'm i'm good at finding things out about people you know i know she divorced the husband that i knew which was my friend and 100% i'm team her ex-husband right and i'm on his side cuz she wasn't the greatest but um she got married i think pretty quickly after the divorce and they were only married for a couple of years like i didn't even know me and him were going to the same college. This was after my mother pulled me out of the college I wanted to be in. And I was paying for college myself. And I, and then at that college, he was attending too. And we had been there together for years and never ran into each other. And we worked at the same company. But it, it was a hospital system in New York. I worked in HR, which was in a different building 20 something blocks away from the hospital so I didn't see him in in that setting at all I saw him the very last day um I had just I was walking out after my last final knowing I'm not walking into this school again I'm going to graduation which was in Central Park and that's it I'm never walking into this school again and I, I take one step outside the school and I look and it, there he is walking in. And I'm like, um, you go here? <laughs> He's like, yeah, I've been going here for years. And I'm like, uh, this is insane because this is the last day. I'm never walking back into the school again. I gr- I'm graduating. So that was really cool. Anyway, he told me at that point I didn't know that they were divorced, that they got divorced like two years they were married and um anyway I told you that she stopped talking to me so I didn't have contact with him or her for a long time until that day and I tried having contact with her I finally called her I found a way to get in contact with her and we talked but she still wouldn't tell me exactly what happened all she said is it had to do with my mother. My mother did something. So I wonder what the heck my mother did. Did my mother get too comfortable with her? Because my mother had a tendency to make friends with friend, my friends, especially as I got a little older. Um, she Her friends became people that were my age. And I... I used to think it was weird, but again, when you're in in the middle of the abuse, you don't see what's really wrong. You don't go, that's messed up. That's not an age-appropriate friendship. I mean, I'm not saying that an older woman can't be friendly with a younger woman, but um, you shouldn't 
purposely go and try to get close to your daughter's friends. Because that's just wrong. I mean, that's you don't do that. Um, and all I know is my mom's responsible for that. Now, I don't really care because this person was not someone I wanted to be friends with. And I'm going to tell you something that a lot of you may may disagree with. But I have seen enough that I totally think this is correct. You may have two narcissists married to each other, but most likely you're incorrectly identifying the enabler as a narcissist, okay? I know my dad has his issues, but he's not a narcissist. He's an enabler, okay? So it looked like he could be a narcissist because he was abusive, but he's, he's an, he's, he was an enabler, not a narcissist. So that may be the situation when I hear my narc mom and narc dad. Because two narcissists cannot. It's an explosion. Okay? And in a friendship situation, it doesn't work either. Two narcissists can't be friends. They're going to try to outdo each other constantly. You know? They're going to try to out-hurt each other, out-better each other. Okay, and again, these are all examples of things that they do on purpose. <laughs> I want to go back to the original podcast here. It's stuff they do on purpose. They do it on purpose. Okay, they want to. They they want to be better. I'm going to give you another example here, and this is my mother, strictly my mother and her friend. And I've talked about this before. Um. I live in a town in Florida I had never heard of. And I came because my parents decided to come to this town and look for a house. And they bought a house. And I ended up coming down here. And I want to leave now. Now I wanted to leave since I got here. But the only thing I'm grateful of is that if I would have stayed in New York, I wouldn't have gotten divorced. And I needed to get divorced. Okay, so I'm grateful for that. And I also met my current husband here and he's saved my life is the best as I can put it right when we met I was a mess and when we met I had gotten divorced from a toxic man a narcissist dated a narcissist I was a I was a mess and he came along and he was just wonderful and I'm glad So I can't be sorry for having lived here. But it's time for us to move on. And hopefully that will happen. I'm putting it out in the universe. Because that is something I really, really need. uh, Is to leave here. Anyway. The woman who suggested that my mother come to this area. Is an old friend of hers back in the 60s and early 70s. They worked together. So she knew my mother back back when she met my dad and all that um she lived here or near near here and um let's put it this way her friend was a narcissist as well her friend was the you know I'm I'm gonna outdo you she was very how can I put it um she was never mean to me or anything and I um was friends with her daughter's um, but she was one of those people that's very flashy, but tacky, you know, not really, uh, 
um, tasteful. <laughs> so she the, she wanted to be flashy. She was very overt, and um, so she went to she came to see my mother's house, and she came with a friend, and I was sitting in the living room. And I was listening to the conversation. I don't know what the heck they were talking about. Something in Spanish. I couldn't understand every word. I speak perfect Spanish. And they were laughing. But they were laughing at something not related to my mother or the house or anything. And my mother said to me when she left. Well, I can't believe her. She was laughing at the house. And I was like, wow, way to be paranoid. That is one of the, another trait that they don't talk about with narcissism. There's... A lot of narcissists that are paranoid, very paranoid, okay? And so they think that people are laughing at them or talking about them because they think they're the center of the universe when they're not. So my mother stopped talking to her that day. Coincidentally, this woman died months before my mother died. I found out literally a month before my mother died that she died and then my mother died and me and her daughter talked on the phone and we were just like this is crazy and we kind of talked I mean I didn't I I don't tell everybody who I am exactly and how toxic my mother was and how bad my my life was because people just don't believe me anyway but she talked about she called her mom a narcissist um so I can imagine that her life was not easy. And her sister has her own issues too. So anyway, they do stuff on purpose. So my mother purposely cut someone out of her life. So they do it. They do it knowingly. They cut people out of their lives that, you know, if they perceive that they've been slighted. And that's also what they do with you if you... Say something that they perceive as a negative thing towards them, they'll do the stonewalling thing. That's what my mom used to do to me. Sometimes I, I would be left with my mouth open because I don't I wouldn't even know what the heck I said that was wrong. Because I hadn't said anything wrong. My mother was paranoid. She heard things that weren't really being said. She read into things that I hadn't said, and then she would hang up on me and stonewall me. And I would be like, what the hell did I do? I didn't do anything. I didn't say anything wrong. I didn't I didn't call her a name. I didn't yell at her. I don't know what I did. And and you know, that's part of the confusing you. It's it's all it's on purpose, people. Okay? So when you see a social media, TikTok mostly, TikTok is garbage in my opinion, so take it as you may. Um, if you hear a TikTok about narcissism and they are saying that you should feel sorry for the narcissist and have compassion for the narcissist because they don't know any better, you go, because that's not true. Okay. Narcissists know better. Okay. They do. Okay. And. They choose not to get better, not to want to have a relationship with you. How many times have you told your parent, your mother, you need to go to therapy or you won't see my kid again? 
I did that. Okay? I didn't follow through. That was my mistake. I should have said, if you don't go to therapy, it wouldn't have worked in any way, most of the time. Because they just manipulate and lie to the therapist just like they do with everything else. But yeah, what they do is on purpose. And they know what they're doing. Okay? They know it. They know that they're being harmful. They know that they're hurting you. Okay? Don't tell me that, you know, being punished as a child for something innocent, that they don't know that that's wrong. I think about anything that I might have done to my daughter, and I start crying now. My daughter's 19. And I call her sometimes, and I apologize. And she's like, can you stop apologizing? Like, I'm making her sick from, from the apologies of these things that I did innocently, thinking I was doing the right thing because of my mother most of the time. So, yeah, they do things on purpose. They have conversations with you, and they bring up your past that they say that you did wrong. Right? The guy you dated that they didn't like. The job that you quit or took that she didn't like. Those are the things that she considers wrong, not necessarily that you did wrong. And guess what? Even if you made a mistake, it is your right to make a mistake. That whole thing that they say about, am I just supposed to let you make a mistake? Yeah, yeah, you are. I'm an adult. You're not supposed to interfere in my life anymore. Unless expressly asked an opinion. You're supposed to let me live my life. And they don't know how to do that. They have to have full control of everything. Okay. Well, I I don't know how much this cleared up the narcissist knows what they're doing and do it on purpose thing. But they do and they do it on purpose. And they know what they're doing and they want to hurt you. And I know that's hard to accept. But the quicker you can accept it, the quicker you can heal. The number one thing that you need to heal from this abuse is acceptance because you won't do anything else until you totally and 100% accept that your parent is abusive that they continue to abuse you that they are never going to change my mother died almost at 81 never changed got worse as they age they get worse And the second thing is distance, whether it's physical distance, so you don't have to see them, definitely have to do the emotional distance. And in my opinion, no contact is the only way. And let me tell you, Chris Godinez and many of the other therapists, they all say the same thing. No contact is the best way, because if you're in contact, you're giving them Access to you. Even with gray rocking. They can still talk. And hurt you. 
The only way is no contact, as hard as it is. And I'll make a no contact um, podcast again. I I know it's time and I've said it, but um, no contact is, is mistaken and done wrong many times. Someone asked about the Hoover attempts. That's a good one. What to do with Hoovering attempts. I'll do a podcast on that too. All right, guys. I hope that this was helpful. I hope that um, my examples paralleled some of your experiences so that you can see they're not as unique as they think. You're not as crazy as you think either. You're not crazy at all. You're just, you know, ab- you, you've been abused. And you have to heal from it. And the only way to heal from it is to have distance from it. So that you can begin to see things clearly. You can't see it clearly while you're still in the abuse. Um, trust me. And sometimes it takes years. My ex, I never knew or considered him to be a narcissist. And in the last year and a half, and I've been divorced for since 2006. Okay. So that's 16 years I've been divorced from him, over 16 years. Is that I've come to the realization of what a giant narcissist he is. Because he doesn't fall into the typical narcissist, but there is different types. Um, He is extremely quiet. And almost looks like he's uncomfortable in his own skin. But he is 100% a narcissist. Maybe I'll go into podcasts about that kind of a narcissist and explain my marriage to you with him and knowing you know I am no contact with him now and it my life is just so much more peaceful okay all right guys now I'm gonna stop (laughs) I swear I love you all so much I thank you for listening you know I appreciate it I appreciate that you're here I hope that I can help you. I appreciate those messages on Instagram. I love it. Um, And I do love all of you because I have been in your shoes. And I want to be the person that helps you to get out of those shoes. And get an expensive pair of Italian leather shoes. You know? Or Manolo Blahniks. You know? Or uh, Louboutins. Or for the men, I don't know, the men's expensive brands. Um, So I love you and until next time.